this pleases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digger Digger. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smartphones. Stupid people. Smart homes. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes, stupid people. Smart homes. Stupid people. Smart homes. Smart homes, stupid people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Smart Homes, Stupid People. My name is Eris Felmuth. Hello, I'm Madeline Sieger, and I'm all cold up she's all bundled up <laughs> it's cold here. in here it's 15 degrees it's, it's all it's all good cold it's in all here. good so um yeah let's let's continue with where we left off earlier this week mm. where did we leave off <laughs> <laughs> you sleeping know. at the wheel right now or what's <laughs> going on yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 i have to say for my excuse i'm at the end 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 phase of my book and so tomorrow lunchtime i have to hand in the the last kind of review yeah she has one it. last chance to read through the book and find anything crucial that needs it's, to be missed you know i have found. one more chance actually after that but this is kind of yeah uh, okay so it's the end end and the last time end, will be end, the end 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 end, end. <laughs> but i writing. can't see it anymore and it's um yeah it's hard to to do it while you're actually working on something different like and how many know, times have you read your book i don't know too many times too many times. Too many times. Sick of it already and it's not even out yet. No, no, I actually really like it. I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, see, see? It's just hard to, yeah, just read through it again and again and again. And you feel like, ah, oh, maybe I should, you know, change a little bit here or change the wording a little Sometimes bit Sometimes things aren't actually ever finished. You just need to it's decisively true. choose when to stop. And I, well, I would stop, but the, you know, the, the publisher asked me to read through it again. And again. will ask me another time to read through it again. So I don't need to do it anymore. They're sadists. Actually, they're masochists and you're a yeah, sadist. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, last earlier this week, I keep thinking it was last week, but because we've done so much since, right? We just got back from the in-laws, uh, stuffed full of, uh, of food. And uh, so I'm actually quite warm. <laughs> the you know? in-laws? The in-laws, ah. as we call them. Ah. Exactly. Yeah, the German word is a little funnier. Sounds like there are criminals. Yeah, well, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> in-laws, it means they're legally like in you know, with the, ah, with the okay. circle, you know, uh, legally in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are part of the Ziege family now. Uh-huh, exactly. I'm a goat. <laughs> so um, we spoke about consumerism. We spoke about the religion of consumerism Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And today we're going to be taking off or we're going to be we're going to be continuing from there. And um, as you guys can see by the title, the, the tongue-in-cheek title of uh, the Coca-Cola constellation, it's actually really that tongue-in-cheek, I must say. Um, this is based on a dream that I had. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to get into that in, uh, in a second. And before I do, I just want to see if everything is running properly and to see if anybody's uh, anybody's here with us live yet, because is this is a live show. There? <laughs> yeah, we got, we got some people already coming in. All right, look at that. Um that being said, I'll do this now. 
We are live on Rockfin Rumble, Twitch, DLive, and Telegram. And today we are successfully streaming into the Telegram app. So mm. I didn't forget to do that, to, uh, that this time, right? <laughs> the reason why we decided to go with Telegram is because we have the ability right here um, to monitor the Telegram chat, right? So here's the Telegram chat. Nothing's happening yet. And um, we have the Smart Home Stupid People Telegram channel where I post everything to. And this Telegram Smart Home Stupid chat where everybody can then ask questions, participate, and so on and so mm. forth. Right. And furthermore, if anybody would like to call into the show and be a part of the show, ask a question and talk to us in our living room, um, all you got to do is write me in the Telegram stupid smart home stupid people chat yep. and say, hey, I'd like to call in. I will click on you and we will call you and bring you into the show. It's that easy. Hmm. Simple. So Podbean, we are live everywhere um, also in Podbean. Well, everywhere. Everywhere as well as Podbean. And Podbean will then thereafter be aggregating this in audio format to all of the major podcast providers such as Spotify, Amazon, and Apple and all that cock. There we go. That's enough. So let's get into the deep, deep, deep thick of it. Um, I'm going to start off by first saying a couple little things. And... Uh, Let's see what you what your take on that is. Okay. All right, and then I'm going to talk to you guys about my dream and how how that affected me and what that has to do with the Coca Cola constellation today. Mm -hmm. um, let's first start off with the theme of our show. Would you like to remind the audience of the theme of our show? I I would be glad if you can do this today. <laughs> oh my god, she's that tired and that dead. I'm really right, sorry. I know this it. is not the best, uh, you know, attitude to go into a podcast. All right. All right. <laughs> but I'm here. I showed up and, uh, you know, I like, um, I will... I'm not the kind of person that gives out medals for running a race. <laughs> you know, you don't get participation marks in no, my class. <laughs> that's how I, you know, actually... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm happy to be here today and um, we'll see. Why, why don't I you can. start off by telling everybody out here why, why are we doing this? I think this is something that I'd actually yeah. like to talk about. You know, we yeah. don't really talk about this too often. Why do we do this video cast? Well, first of all, it's fun and it's nice just you know spending time with my husband mm -hmm. and just talk about these topics because I think we have maybe some. I wouldn't say special opinions, but <laughs> some opinions that we gathered over the last couple years with our experience. And I think we we had we have a pretty decent life yeah. experience in many different over ways. Over many years, yeah. For many years. And also we just did, I think, a lot of crazy shit in our life <laughs> and seen a lot of crazy things. And it's interesting, although we are raised in different countries and have a totally different cultural background, we in many ways find... Um, similarities in the way we think because we just experienced it that way. It seems like there are rules, not rules, but some structure, some structure out no. there that we realized ourselves independently. And it's interesting to talk about these things. Also, yeah. you know, from a point of a biologist or a point of a senior programmer, well, and also just yeah. be able to record all of this, right? So it's kind of yeah. like saving our <laughs> thoughts and ideas for the future, yeah, in the, whatever in, that would be it, helpful for. <laughs> in that respect, I mean, the, the video cast for us is a bit of a selfish endeavor. And I, I mentioned the other, the other very, day yeah. that uh, it's a bit therapeutic. And I, I think that was actually kind of the wrong word to me. Um, the reason why I, I like doing this is because it... I grew up just with hanging out with people in parks and, um, mm. you know, in, in, in living rooms and outside uh, by a fire. And to me, like growing up, I had to have a fire at least once a week and and, and hang out with my friends outside mm. for hours and just 
turn off, right? Mm-hmm. And this to me is reminiscent of that. It's it's this ability to just turn off from the day, talk about some fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, you know, like Madden was saying, we both have gathered quite a bit of life experience, um, her being a biologist and me being a technician. It's it's interesting to see how we should be kind of, people would assume we are at odds with the way that we work and what we do, but at the same time, it's quite the opposite, you know? Yeah. Um, and to see how we actually evolve both personally um, and within our industries. It's been a bit of a roller coaster. I could definitely say over the last five years, things have have altered course quite dramatically, at least in in my mm-hmm. industry. I think in yours too, you know? Yeah. Uh, things are definitely becoming more and more computer work um, yeah, in, yeah, in your world, right? Um, in my world as well, like things are becoming definitely more networked than um, ever before. And it's 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 one of these things where, uh, you know, to be able to come and talk about certain topics that just aren't topics that you could put easily, you know, onto, uh, you know, on a boardroom conference table, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and and uh, and and e- easily discuss amongst your colleagues, you know, like such as uh, mm. just opinions on on our connecting to reality and and mm-hmm. and this is something that we are both seeing in our industries more and more that um the people in our industries are becoming more and more disconnected from reality yeah. i would say especially within germany you know i can see that with people are not so open for this but i think on an international mm-hmm. level it's easier it's easier for me to talk about this in in mm-hmm. this podcast than in my own podcast yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because i can feel that this is not really the right place for it and also i like that as especially in the last couple like seven ten years i was listening to so many different people talking about you know their point of view onto the world and i i kind of made a fusion out of it because i realized there are some things that are repeating and they're coming again and again from different people different backgrounds so i feel like this is actually really just bringing all that knowledge together and recording it and Yeah, yep. just also be able to share that knowledge because it always helped me a lot yep. to listen to other people like that. Absolutely. So it's kind of like, yep. you know, giving something back on that level. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and therefore, it's, it's fun. Yeah, yeah I, I always find it to be very encouraging to be able to talk um, with other people uh, about these ideas. You know, I think that connecting to reality is definitely one of the easiest ways that we can all individually improve our lives. It's also something very natural in the biological world. If you see, you know, communication is an essential part of nature to -hmm. keep everything alive. And communication means to have like not only exchanging information, but yeah, to to have a, how do you say that, like... um, you are looking for talking to the mic. Re- yeah, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you are looking for a reaction. Reaction always gives you feedback, and mm-hmm. from the feedback you can learn, and you can only learn, as you said, through exchange. So talking to other people, you can mm-hmm. learn, you can think about your opinions and, and ideas, and you can just discuss them, and you learn from it and develop your ideas further. And right. that won't work if you just sit by yourself in the room and not saying anything. That's it. That's yeah. it. You got to live. You got to engage. You got to go out there, you know? Yeah. Um, I, as, as a musician, that was a big thing for me as well. It, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of bands just sit um, and, and practice their asses off and focus on recording. But honestly, most of the, the uh, opportunities that I mm-hmm. gathered were just by going places and say, hey, let's let's do something together and I'll see you next time. You know, like to yeah. just continue with these human contact events. And um, yeah. that, that, that kind of, that theory from the Celestine Prophecy of 
you it, it make it make it a good habit to every time you make eye contact with someone to talk to them out mm-hmm. in public mm-hmm. you know even if it's just a hello how are you you mm-hmm. know um because often cases our eyes are drawn to one another because there's an interest there yeah absolutely and it's also something that i forgot my thoughts <laughs> Something that I forgot my thought. I like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hang on. And oh, uh, yeah. And I think it's also really about the motivation behind it. If you are not interested in exchanging with people because you don't like people and you think they're, you know, oh, evil I, or, um, and I think that's that's. I was like that for a long, long time. I, I think didn't that's like something people. that's more learned to tell you the Absolutely, truth. Absolutely, that's more learned. And I was like that for a long time. I was isolating my myself a lot mm-hmm, because I mm-hmm. thought people are, you know, not nice. They right. pollute and they're cruel to animals and all that. But there are people like that out there, but also a lot of other people's out there, you know, who are very lovely people and it's nice to connect with. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I'm going to go into that uh, as well because I have a lot of, um, I have a lot to say about that, to tell you the oh, truth. Okay. And um, I would before, appreciate that telling me the truth. <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth, I always try to tell the truth. Um, so here we go. Let's let's jump in. The Coca Cola Constellation. Mm-hmm. Um, Madeline didn't know this story about me. Actually, I haven't really told this story to many other people. Uh, I don't I, like very few people have ever even heard the story uh, mm. uh, from me. And that was I used to um, do a lot of stargazing as as, as a child. Uh, my neighbor and I we would sit out front um, our house. And um, he had a big field in front Mm -hmm. of his, and I was gifted a a telescope for Mm. birthday and Christmas. You know, my my birthday being beside Christmas, (laughs) it was one of these things like once in a while I'd get something a little nicer, but it would be for both of them, right? (laughs) Or not even. Sometimes I would just often be told this is birthday and Christmas. You just don't, don't, you know. Yeah, easy fix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, so I got a telescope and I, I was really stoked about it. I couldn't believe the first time I had looked through that and saw, um, I decided to, during the daytime, I was excited. I just unwrapped it and I looked out and I pointed it at the tree and 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 saw like a robin in the tree. Oh, yeah. And, and, and the colors and how up close, it was, it was unbelievable. And so naturally the next thing we wanted to, I wanted to do mm. is tell my neighbor about it, my best friend at the time. <laughs> and uh, pointed at the moon, right? And and mm. start to look at detail. Mm-hmm. Um, on cloudy lights, we uh, pointed it into our uh, to the other people's living rooms um, mm-hmm. on our street. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit of espionage at a young age. Um, <laughs> I don't know how how old I was, but I was definitely about I would say closer to ten at the time. Um, and and we did this for a couple of years, and I noticed even at that age, mm-hmm. as the years progressed, the night sky just wasn't as dark as it was the previous year. Hmm. And so I had this weird dream that in the future, um, light pollution will get so bad that you won't see the stars anymore. Mm-hmm. And in some cities, that's already mm-hmm. been like that for yeah, quite yeah. some time. And so coming to Berlin was actually very, very refreshing because um, you can still see quite a, bit, a few stars in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, depending on what part of the city you're in, but it's actually still lovely. And where we are in Brandenburg, it's even better. Um and so, you know, I go out at night and I can still see the Milky Way, you know, not in its full detail, but I, 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 can, I can always say there's the Milky Way right there. You can mm-hmm. definitely see that's it. And so there are tons of stars out outside, uh, out at night to be able to at least have fun with that. Right. And um, so what I dreamt of, and then, like I said, I was maybe about 12 when I had this dream, um, maybe 13. I don't know. I, I, I started having a lot of vivid dreams around that age. And I dreamt that um, little satellites will be launched. Hmm into our night sky and um, we'll replace the real stars and we'll then be bought as advertisement space. Hmm. 
to something like Coca-Cola. And I saw in my dream when I was about 12, 13 years old, what was called the Coca-Cola constellation <laughs> passing overhead. <laughs> it's a bit uh, dystopic. Yeah. It's a bit creepy. Yeah. But it uh, it's something that I wanted to talk about because this actually was one of the big things that got my attention when I was younger and really, really showed me that, uh, at least now, it shows me that back then I was already thinking about these things, mm -hmm. about uh, the idea of consumerism. And so now we're 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 dovetailing off of what um, we were speaking about on Wednesday, which was the religion of consumerism. And to put it into a tiny little package, you know, mm -hmm. um, to bring it home very uh, easily, so to say, the religion of consumerism to me, I compared to the Abrahamic religions. And I said that uh, I am under the impression that consumerism itself is becoming the fifth branch of Abrahamic religion. Mm -hmm. um, the three first predominant branches that we know of are Judaism, Christianity, Muslim, Islam. Mm -hmm. uh, the fourth one, I say, is Marxism. So it's a form of socialism, right? Mm -hmm. And the fifth one, I say, is now becoming commercialism. And to explain that, you know, I think a lot of people, when they first hear something like that, a lot of people might get very angry, you know, not just because I'm kind of uh, stabbing at religion a little bit, but also because a lot of people might say something like Marxism is not a religion. You can't you can't do that mm. or neither is consumerism. Right? And this is this is this is now what's very interesting. So I want to um, share with you guys a book I recently read. And this book is called The Dharma Manifesto. And it's it's I a think you already kind of mentioned we, it in a different episode, a, right? A couple yeah. a couple maybe about four or five episodes back I did mention uh, mention it very briefly. Actually, I think it was in our food chain episodes. And um a big thing and I and and, the, and it's funny because what I was talking about at that point was was different. Like the topic was different, but the information from the book um is still from the same book. And the Dharma Manifesto is re written by uh Sri Dharma Pravatkya Acharya. And uh, he is um, an Italian-Portuguese uh, dude who lives in New York City, <laughs> and he grew up wanting to make a, diff like a, a deep connection to the world, right? And so he studied theology, mm -hmm. and he tasted every religion out there, right? Well, <laughs> that he can get his hands on that was interesting to him, mythologies and all that stuff, as, as have many of us, right? I, I've, I've gone through the same trials and turmoils in my life, um, landing on, I'm, I'm, I would say like, I'll get to it in a second what I what I think, but the point that I'm getting at is that the Dharma Manifesto is really, it's called a new vision for global transformation. And what he really focuses on is what he calls natural religions. And natural religions are religions that follow natural law. Mm -hmm. And natural law, you know, obviously for you as a biologist is probably very fascinating hmm. because natural law is means that there are laws in nature. Mm-hmm. That the universe and reality mm -hmm. has a function to it. Not a yeah. function, but, uh, you know, it, it, it operates a certain way. Whether we understand how it operates to it in, in its entirety or not, it's not necessarily the most important thing, right? I think that we'll be in awe for the next billion years in, in, uh, in, um, in the universe and reality because we still won't figure it out mm. in the sense that there's, it's, it's just it's so beyond us that I think that sometimes doesn't matter how much information you have, you're still just going to be in awe of the fact that it is, right? And that we are. Mm -hmm. And laws of nature are just simple things that tend to be built into reality. And natural religions evolve long um, with 
the human soul is the best way I can put it. You know, we're talking about things like um, the Vedic traditions, Celtic, mm -hmm. uh, Norse, um, all American Indian, um, uh, South American, you know, uh, um, Taoism. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a there are a whole bunch of them, right? Like I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a theologian, so I'm not going to pretend to be. But I'm, I, but I mean, for me, I, 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 I was, a, I was born very, I was raised very Catholic, mm. uh, Christian, you know. Um, and then later on in life, I, I left that behind, and I went through a very um, hard state in my life because I find that leaving your religion. Um, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing to do because it's you know it's also wound it, it's a it's it's your culture as well so you always get kind of like a lot of turmoil you know mm -hmm. thrown at you from the people that you're raised with and um, who are around you because it's just not easily looked upon by other people as a positive life transformation specifically your fa your family and the people who are a part of the religion that you're no longer mm -hmm. feeling connected to. Right, and I eventually got really deep into philosophy for that reason, which I think a lot of people do when they decide to leave their religion um, or start looking elsewhere. And you know, it's it's funny. Leaving religion is actually very similar to the steps of grief, right? And the steps of grief, and I've mentioned this in the past that when you're an alcoholic and you know you find out that you're an alcoholic, you go through the the, the steps, right? The mm -hmm. program. Um, when you lose someone, you have what are called, I believe, the steps of grief. And yep. it's like, you know, you have um, um, fear, anger, guilt, turmoil, acceptance, and all that stuff. I don't know the exact steps. But uh, it's, sim it's very similar in that when you start to realize that the reality that you knew was not the reality that you, um, that, that, it, that it is, that there is something greater. It, it it starts with fear and anger. You know, mm -hmm. those are the, the, I think the two first things that are generated because you're fearful that, you know, things are going to change and you're not used to it. Yeah. And you're angry because you were lied to. Mm -hmm. Right. And you start pointing the bl finger and blaming everybody. And then mm -hmm. eventually you have to blame yourself. Right. And then you can move on and so on and so forth. And then you start to realize there was no anger. It was always just... You know, now it's time to leave the leave the nest, so to say. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and so, to take it kind of like in full circle with today's topic, um, consumerism, as I was mentioning, is clearly not within the natural laws, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's very manipulative. It's profoundly um, monitored. Yeah, and. Maybe you can just tell what are the the laws of nature. Well, let's 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 back up just a little bit mm -hmm. first. Um, natural law is understanding that, like we met, like actually one of the best ways to even talk about a law of nature is how you mentioned last time um, how things are in constant flux, mm -hmm. and that as the environment changes, so do we, mm. and we adapt to it. So a big part of natural mm -hmm. law is. Uh, is paying attention to the natural environment and the natural world and okay. relating mm -hmm. to it. Mm. That's That's a huge part of natural yeah. law. Non-natural um, policies are policies that look at the natural world and say, we want to change the natural world to fit our Okay. Yeah, needs. yeah, I get it. Instead, you know, and, and so, yeah. so there's a clear division between mm. living with 
reality and, mm-hmm. and the world mm-hmm. and saying we're going to control reality in the world mm-hmm. and bend it to mm-hmm. our demand. Like, I mean, for also, uh, also, for example, the consumption is actually, you know, also animals and plants have to consume. This is why it's very interesting yeah. because now when I talk about Abrahamic religions, as I mentioned before, the first three are the main three that people know of as religions, mm-hmm. right? When Marxism came out, it fit the bill. Mm-hmm. In this book, he he, he has he has uh, uh, like a nice little checklist that he goes yeah, through and yeah. says that, that these one. are that all the points that all four of these guys yeah. follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a big thing, like I would say the most important one is that none of the Abrahamic religions and Marxism uh, as well with that accepts reality mm-hmm. um, as something that 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 is powerful that we can learn from and 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 live with instead mm-hmm. it's this idea that somebody ex- outside has created everything for us and we have to um change reality in order to bend people to a specific will yeah, now yeah. and i want to clarify that the religion abrahamic religions and the spirituality that is that i've that i've seen associated to them are very 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 separate i think that the religion of any of the Abrahamic faith mm-hmm. are very cauterizing to faith and spirituality. Well, mm-hmm. Not faith, mm-hmm. but to spirituality mm-hmm. and connection to reality. And I mentioned this really well last time that I said I was under this constant, I remember feeling, the feeling of being religious to me was, and not spiritual, I'm saying the feeling of being religious, not spiritual. The feeling of being religious to me was this constant judgment. Mm-hmm. Judgment from my peers, from from my friends, from my family, from the clergy, from the priests, under God and God Himself. Yeah. This constant judgment that I'm that I'm 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 flawed, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing I didn't like about Abrahamism is that 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 there's this inherent flaw, right? That mm-hmm. that 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 uh, that we need to work around, mm-hmm. and 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 that we have these um, the, these deadly sins and things like that, and these are all flaws. Yeah, and, I, I and, and there's nothing like that in natural religions. There's no such thing as these flaws that we have to work around, mm-hmm. you know. Rather that, the opposite is said that everything the way it is is just perfect. Exactly. It's just how it should be. Exactly. And yeah. now with Marxism, it's the same thing, is that Marxism mm-hmm. talks about the flaws of everything and that things can only work in this like in this in this triangular top-down form. Mm-hmm. And it, and as so long as we all do exactly that, it will work. Yeah, and yeah. so this is why Marxism and you know and, and obviously the people who who uh, created Marxism, they came from heavy Abrahamic surroundings, mm-hmm. right? So they took a lot of the empiric points of Abrahamistic uh, traditions, you know, the, the 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 rule by like the way that the the religions were spread, right, by brutal force through Europe and all over the world. And that people and and religions and cultures all over the world that didn't convert were slaughtered. Mm. But funny enough, the interesting thing about, and this is really interesting to the Abrahamic faith or faiths, is that when they gobbled up all these different societies in order to create a bigger kingdom, the traditions were also included specifically in Christianity. This is a big one you start to see in Christianity mm-hmm. where all of a sudden you get things like Christmas where all of a sudden you have the Yule log, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have these weird other traditions such mm-hmm. as Easter and so on and so forth that um, are, are like ancient Sumerian traditions. And so you start to see like they were they were um, incorporating ideas from other religions and, and, and natural religions in many cases, yeah, yeah. Uh, pagan religions into 
Christianity in order to make the people more accepting of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big thing I found when I was younger. I was like, the fact that Christianity is willing to change itself for the masses in order to serve a more empirical program showed me that it wasn't about spirituality. Mm -hmm. It was it was about empiricism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, consumerism, as I mentioned now, I find to be the fifth branch of Abrahamic faith mm -hmm. or religion. And the reason I say this is because Nowadays, I look around and I see the same things. I see people fearful of judgment. I see the same strategies that were used in the past um, for deploying Abrahamic religion worldwide mm -hmm. and Marxism. I now see it in consumerism. I see that you know every product that you buy has a sticker or a label or something on it trying to tell you how ethical this prop product yeah, yeah. is over yeah, the yeah. other. Yeah, yeah. I see greenwashing in, in almost every industry now, mm -hmm. right? I, I see how there's this constant judgment. Like when I talk to someone um, and they they give me their business card and their business card's digital, it comes with a little saying like, my business card's digital because it's better for the environment. And, you know, like they're- Really? They're, I've never heard about uh, this. I just had that happen. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. you know, but you know, whether, these, whether it's done- to, to be, like, whether it's done in a positive way or not, the idea is a lot of people put themselves forth as an environmentally conscious person, mm -hmm. um, and therefore they, 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 they feel the necessity to explain the way that they consume mm -hmm. everything mm -hmm. to the people around them constantly. Yeah, yeah. And that consumerism is now so close to politics. Politics is a form of consumption. Yeah, I see yeah. people the way they get into politics, just like they get into sports, just like they get into religion. Mm -hmm. We talked about this last time that um, up where we live, it's very not religious here. Like it's, it's. I've never been to a place in my life that's so um, uh, nihilistic and atheistic. Actually, North Northern Germany is 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 actually really freaky that way. I've, I've never seen that, and I see a lot of the people over here adopting their opinions. And creating kind of a belief system with their opinions mm -hmm. in the same way that I've seen people do that with religion in the past. People, maybe because there is a lack of religion up here, people are creating it in their head. And this might be a biological thing that people feel the necessity. And I've, I've, I've heard this many times that, you know, something deep down inside us wants to be a part of the drum circle. Mm -hmm. You know, something yeah. deep down inside yeah, yeah. of us wants to be a part of a ceremony that is manifesting something really yeah. successful. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so a big point that I, I had also written down here, um, that is, we are ecosystem engineers. Mm -hmm. And we have the ability to build mm -hmm. ecosystems. But unfortunately, when we build ecosystems under the guise of um, an empirical power, right? That what we tend to build is not built within the laws of nature and won't fly mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in accordance with something that would fly within mm -hmm. the laws of nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And therefore, it's kind of doomed. And it's interesting to see that we build our ecosystems even though we can't survive in them. Mm -hmm. and, and so this is kind of now... The, we're getting to the meat of the episode here is as as humans, the way that we disconnect from reality 
I, I would say, and, and, and build belief systems in order to justify the disconnect, in mm -hmm. order to justify the way that we, um, you know, point our empirical sword at our neighbors mm -hmm. and, and overtake them, right? Yeah, in yeah. order to create our own foolish sense of security. Mm. That this inevitably, as a collective, ends up becoming an entity, a something, mm -hmm. a something that manifests, a something that um, eventually can become very destructive because the manifestation itself is a manifestation uh, of, of a collective ideology that's outside of the laws of nature, mm. right? Because I think that a lot of people, we use our imaginations. We have beautiful imaginations, mm -hmm. but we tend to imagine that if things were different, things would be better. The yeah. grass is green on the other side, <laughs> yeah, so to say. Yeah. So how would you how 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 would you um, how would you go about that? That uh, we as ecosystem engineers, under false pretenses, have tendencies to build ecosystems that are not <laughs> good for our for our sustainability uh, it, for for us as as individuals, as mm -hmm. peoples, and as 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 life. How would you how would you go about that? Yeah, I think maybe to remind and just you know refresh the terms of ecosystem engineers, I'll just yeah. yeah give a short definition. It's actually something that comes from you know it's a biological term where we talk about animals and also plants that are creating their own habitats and they're changing it, they're destroying it, and through this, not only creating their own habitat but also creating a habitat that is important for other species. So they have a key role in the ecosystem and it's so-called an ecosystem engineer because they're changing the environment so much. Right. And it could be either through really physically changing matter around them, like for example, the beaver who's, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> who is cutting down the trees in order to build his dam. And through that, he really alters his environment like when he cuts down the tree, he's kind of opening up the light in the forest so other plants can grow better. Right. And when the tree is rotting in the water, it, it creates sediment and um, carbon carbon input so there's more nutrition in the water. He also slows down the water flow. So he kind of helps, you know, like smaller animals living in the lake or in the river that can have not, that they can survive in a, where the current is not so strong. Yeah. So a lot of lot of results come out of the the working of that beaver, <laughs> and so biologists are also arguing about that word ecosystem engineer. Can we really say it like that? Because it implies that the beaver is aware of what he's doing and that he's like really engineering because he wants to create an environment, which I would say it's not the case. He's just, you know, living a beaver life. <laughs> He's just doing what <laughs> right. the beaver does. Yeah. And so I have to think about that song from, <laughs> um, what was that band called? Winona's Beaver? Oh, Winona had a big brown beaver by Primus. <laughs> I just had that song in my head. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so the question is, He's not doing it because he wants to create that environment for other species, but it's just it's his biology, it's just his ecology. And so the question is, if we would, you know, live to our true biology, to our true nature, how would we act as ecosystem engineers? I think we would do things differently. Okay. We would build things differently. We would maybe really just not destroy so much and take more than we need, but really create an environment that is also supporting other species around us. And right now it's not really the case. We're destroying more. 
mm-hmm. than we create. And I think it's because we are not acting out of our true nature, but we're acting out out of motivations that are not maybe not our own, and also out of out of a lack of something. We're lacking, for example, um, I don't know, maybe you know, confidence, or we're lacking self realization we don't know who we really are and we maybe have beliefs about ourselves that limit us in in many ways and that's why we might join other people that are more destructive than creative does that make sense yeah um this is this is that idea (laughs) of the entity you know yes that, that i was talking about that um yeah but also to I think there is a, there is an there is a motivation out there from some sources really putting people into misery, into anxiety, into the belief that they are not their own that they are not the owners of their own life. Yeah. And out of this misery, out of that depression, they act and they act in a way that they're consuming things they don't need just to fill these gaps and this whole consumption lead to destruction of our environment to resources that are, you know, used for shit that we don't need. Actually. Right. Yeah. And so if you would, that's why I I really thought about this a lot, a lot because I'm right now, I'm a little unsatisfied with my job situation because I feel like it's not making real sense to me. A lot of the things that I'm working on because mm-hmm. it feels like I'm, I'm kind of trying to, to fix the, the symptoms, but not really going to the cause of the problems in, in nature or like with our environments. And that is really that people lost the connection to nature and they collect uh, lost their connection to themselves, meaning they don't realize that they have a soul. They don't look at their They think they they're need. just chemistry. Yeah, they think they're just chemistry, that they have no no influence on what's happening around them. And I was like that too, you know, I was really into my head all the time. I was not feeling my body anymore and I was consuming mm-hmm. a lot in many different ways. <laughs> yeah. And also once I realized that, wait a minute, I think we are more than just a body. And I keep saying that in each episode, but I think this is essential that you really realize whatever goes through you is, you know, there's a kind of like inert life energy and you are, you can become a master of that life energy and really create the life that you want. And it fulfills you in a way right. that will never, you know, you will never find that fulfillment by buying a new car or a, a new iPhone or whatever. <laughs> it's just a little touch of it, but it's not on a long run. It's n- not coming close to it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm just, uh, have a couple of people in the smart homes to be people sure. thing I'm just trying to respond to right now. Okay. Um, but Do you want to read it loud or? No, no, it's all good. Oh, okay. um, it, 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 it's really, look, uh, I want to get into the next the next part because okay. it, it it goes with what you're talking about and in the um, air, my nose is itchy. <laughs> I, I can I push the I button should... and we don't have to watch you scratching your face. How's that? I, I need to stop uh, talking about the my my physical <laughs> appearances. Oh man! Oh man! No, All right. No. So the next big thing is um, I had issues with religion. And I had issues with society. I had issues with the... I started questioning my reality Mm -hmm. at a certain age, right? Let's say it that way. Mm -hmm. And 
in doing so, I decided to look around. I decided mm-hmm. to explore. Mm-hmm. Right? It's very healthy for me, I think, you know. Yeah. Just explore your world. Also very natural behavior. <laughs> right? And I got I I started getting really into Norse mythology mm-hmm. and I love the idea that Odin himself is a wanderer. Mm-hmm. He spent uh many years wandering mm-hmm. um all over the place mm-hmm. uh, amongst the men, yeah. amongst the dwarves, amongst the giants everywhere. <laughs> and um it really goes to show you that a big part of our development has to do with just wandering and experiencing reality. Yeah. yeah. You know, making mistakes and learning from them. That was a big thing I loved about Norse mythology too, yeah. is Odin fucked up a lot. Right? <laughs> and he in, in, in no way is he the the creator of everything that you kind of get through the mono, monotheistic mm. um faiths, right? Mm-hmm. That that there's one guy at the top and everything is top down afterwards, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um and that was actually a very humbling thing. And this is kind of, that was, I'd say that Norse mythology was, or, or Odinism, as they now call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, you have even religions, uh, legal religions underneath it that are now called like Auzatru and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a fresh idea. And it was so inspiring for me to yeah. see that it's not about judgment and, mm. and, and, um, guilt you know like it, yeah, it, yeah. it really is and, and it, that that everybody inside them is part god and has the ability to become greater than mm-hmm. than, than they believe maybe they can be uh and and, and i just found that uh, within the ideas of uh of 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 christianity it was it was more like the idea of forgive and forget mm. and stay weak you know like that that's how i kind of came across with it you know i know that a lot of people might hear that and think that it's a very a very foolish oversimplification but i would definitely say that that's the way it was taught to me mm-hmm. this idea of constantly trying to forgive people who are harming me mm. and and it, and it starts that way because the people who were harming me were the people from the religion and my parents yeah, and yeah, yeah. uh you know the clergy and the, and the teachers themselves yeah that's why they had to teach forgive and forget because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were the ones abusing me makes sense mm-hmm. and um and that's and that was a big thing. And then when I saw the fact that it was all spread by the, the by the sword, mm-hmm. right? And now let's look at consumerism today. Mm-hmm. How is consumerism spread? It's mm-hmm. very violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right. True. We're talking true. about censorship today. Holy shit! Also, the way like advertisement is brought to you, like in in bright colors and you know short uh, words and just like very aggressive that you are just have has no that you have no other choice but to look at it is like an accident <laughs> you're really all your instincts are actually really triggered um for that i i'm not so much into the north um you know the the north mythology, mythology. Yeah. i i learned and read a little bit about it but i also what i studied a little bit more was the different shamanic cultures and traditions now and what is shamanic because to me that's a new age word um, and yeah well it's a bit of a explanation it's yeah well Shamanic practices are practices that are are common amongst different indigenous tribes. Well, natural religions. Natural religions, yeah, yeah. I would say so. It, I, it's absolutely so. Um, yeah. To, to interject, I mean, the way that I learned about shamanism um, in that terminology is mm-hmm. obviously uh, Mike Harner was the person that I had originally first yeah. heard that from because what yeah. he had done is he had gathered a bunch of information from various uh, tribes all yeah. over the planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, specifically uh, South America, I believe. Yeah. And he sure. decided to make a, a, a kind of a, a digestible program for the west yeah 
to learn about this. Yeah. And um and and it was called shamanism. And the it's I- called core shamanism. Actually. Core shamanism. Now. Yeah. Okay. So they even made it like a hardcore. <laughs> a hardcore. No. Yeah. Just really, as you said, he was learning about the different traditions, and he kind of extracted extracted the the common themes amongst all of them, and yeah. he created like a program. That is, as you said, digestible mm-hmm. for the Western world. Well, I've, I've, I've read a lot of his stuff back in the day. Mm. Um, when did he die? Um, a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah I think... It's not that long ago. No. Um, and, and if I can't remember, I even think... I, I remember hearing an interview with him on Coast to Coast when I was younger with... Uh, Probably, yeah. With uh, Art Bell yeah, yeah. and or George Norrie. And, um, and this was actually... That might have been actually one of the first times I actually mm. came across him when I was younger. Because mm. uh, in, the, in the 90s, I listened to a lot of Coast to Coast. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea was is that uh, a lot of these natural religions have a shaman. Mm-hmm. And the shaman would be somebody who is um, really in touch, really yeah. wise with the core essence of what their spiritual beliefs are. Yeah. It's also a wonder actually between worlds, you know, between the world that we can there, see yeah, in yeah. the in the in the everyday world, and then there is the so-called non-ordinary world. That's kind of mm. the you know the whole idea behind it. You have the ordinary world, just mm-hmm. like we are sitting right here, can see each other, and then there's a non-ordinary world, and it has different realms too. Right. Where the sham- shaman is actually really just, um, yeah, being a wanderer and connecting these different these different realms bring information from them. As you just said, you know, with Odin, it's kind of the same thing, I would say. Like, he's a shaman in his, uh, um, from that definition too. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is something, when you look deeper in there, you know, there there needs to be an understanding of there are things such, like there are such things as spirits. And that's something that I never heard before. When mm-hmm. I was involved in the just, you know, school systems and university systems, no one told me right. that there are spirits. <laughs> and so once I figured that out, I felt like, you know, this is this is something that's real reality yeah. because I, I can I can't maybe explain it, but I can feel it in my everyday life and it makes mm-hmm. me happy connecting with my spirits that are yeah, I, I must Taking say the of idea myself. of spirit. Um, when I was heavily ca- when I was Catholic, when I was like yeah. an altar server when I was younger, um, I I had more the impression, you know, the way it was at least taught to me, or maybe the way I absorbed it. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to say, you know. Um, but as I mentioned, I was raised. Um, uh, my schools were all Catholic schools, mm-hmm. specifically French Catholic schools derived from um, Quebec French, mm-hmm. and uh, my church was Maltese. And so I had a very flavorful, uh, you know, a big, a big palate uh, mm-hmm. to to take in from. Um, I found the Maltese culture to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. To tell you the truth, in many ways, I found, I really liked it. Um, the priests were allowed to marry, right, mm-hmm. and so on, and have families, mm-hmm. right. Um, but I think similar to the Eastern Orthodox Church, they could only get to a certain level mm-hmm. in the priesthood mm-hmm. before uh, having to declare a type of celibacy. I can't remember exactly, okay. uh, like if a bishop or a cardinal can act, also have children and family. I just don't know. Uh, but it was cool because the priest was also a part of the community. You'd see him at the pub having a drink with people <laughs> and with his <laughs> yeah, kids, just like you know, in the streets, normal, normal person. Th- exactly. Um, and so I liked that. That uh, mm-hmm. in in the Maltese uh, religion, it was definitely more a part of the culture, more mm-hmm. human on that level and um so what what uh what, what i yeah, i'm getting a little bit sidetracked now i can definitely <laughs> i see how i have so many points i'm trying to connect these dots um the the big thing i kind of want to focus on is um now with consumerism being in my opinion very close to a religion mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Uh, with the guilt and the um and and and, and the constant uh, 
mental conditioning mm-hmm. of 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 what to say, when to say it, how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it, it's now becoming a form of of uh, um, ritual. Right. Yeah, also externalizing things, you know, they tell you that you can only be happy if you do this and if you do that, if you buy this, if you well, and this have is, this. This is that scary part now when you start to see the collusion between government and um, huge business, mm-hmm. you know, international business. Um, and then you start to see how a lot of these companies, they, they have just so much money it, 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 and, and, and it's aimed at trying to override the biological senses, mm-hmm. you know, to try and and hack into that, you know, how how what what chance does a parent today have to raise their kids with a, a connection to reality mm-hmm. when they're indoctrinated at young age, yeah, young young age in schools by yeah, people yeah. who are government uh, government trained in, uh, in in raising kids yeah. that are all sponsored um, and and you know you go in my in my high school you know all the vending machines were sponsored by Coca Cola the mm-hmm. cafeteria was full of garbage. Mm-hmm. What chance do people have of having yep. a connection to reality when everything is wrapped in plastic? Yep. Right. So this this is kind of like now the next big thing I want to talk about is um, how to how to walk away from this, right? Mm. And for me, I, I I feel that the biggest chance that I have of walking away from that is in the same way that I I walked away from religion itself mm-hmm. was to first start wandering to start talking mm-hmm. to people, mm-hmm. but at the same time to realize that I'm not going to give my power myself over foolishly to something that I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't respect as something having authority over me. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that I think is now one of the really, really um, key parts to be able to um, navigate this world today is to understand that um, we choose where we give our energy over, right? Yeah. And to whom and how and yeah. and all that. But and for that, you have to be aware of that there are such things as energy, right? And and this awareness begins with starting to wander and 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 venture away from mm-hmm. your 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 daily normalities to yeah. see how what you think is normal very well may be completely abnormal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, we have a comment. I'm going to th- put it on screen. It says, okay. I find that uh, you are either in tune with yourself, mindful of yourself and your environment, or you think anything and everything just happens to you. I see people with this mentality being very miserable. Um, yep. Do you mean miserable uh, with the people with the or mentality? Uh, <laughs> no, like, I think she means the people are miserable who think that everything just happens to them because, you know, they feel mm. like, I guess, they have no control over their lives and they are the victim. I think that's the big thing of well, the victim energy where, you know, all it's always happening to me and I'm so poor and this and that. Well, there you and, go. Yeah. And, and if you aren't that victim energy, you are, you, you are low mm-hmm. energy profile and then yeah. more things come yeah. to you because you just attract that to yeah. you, not realizing that it's your own fault. It's you are, you are attracting all this to you because you are not in your full energy and you are really just trying to, you know, maybe even get the energy from other people by maybe saying, you're not you know, aware. Oh, I'm, I'm so, you know, these, these things happen to me. I'm such a pity P- yeah. Pity thief. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, pity thief. I have pity a I have a song a that I wrote thief. a while back called yeah. Pity Thief. Um, so let me have another thing. Hold on. <laughs> another thing. Yeah. 
Exactly what Maddie said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Felminator. Uh, those that feel that they have no control and everything just happens to them are miserable. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I I see that. You know, I, I people close to me, mm. I see this. They they say that exact same sentence that yeah, we yeah. said earlier. They believe yeah. that everything is just chemistry. Yeah, yeah. And I see them getting more miserable with age. Yeah. Right? And be it couldn't be further from from the re reality. I think we have you have all the the control over your life. Like your thoughts are already creating reality. And if you don't never thought about this, you mm -hmm. know, and if you don't know about these things, you are just creating your miserably well, <laughs> misery so th without this uh, goes realizing into it. a really great uh, uh, part right now okay. uh, or a point, right? Let's say we as human beings, and I feel like this, this is a truth, truthful statement, or it's a very good statement anyway, a profound statement. Um, not only are we ecosystem engineers, I think mm. that we on this planet have a very profound ability to manifest. Yeah, we are actually engineers of reality, I would say. <laughs> exactly. I think that we fundamentally, and I think there are other animals too that can do this. Um, but I mm. think humans have have a very special um, power, and that yeah. is the power of manifestation. Yeah. And I think that a lot of these big companies, you know multinational corporations mm. who are now no longer in the business of really buying and selling product. They're mm. more in the business of influencing people's reality. Mm -hmm. They know this. Mm. This is why when you start to look at the locals used everywhere, you start to see that there, there there's a lot of magic practice yeah. within the logos and the structures uh, of the business and the way the business is ritually now being exposed to the people. And you see that that same ritualistic style happening throughout government and so on and so forth. I mean, yeah. that's a very different conversation. But what I'm saying is, is I'm saying that um, I think that if we can call the empire the ruling hand, mm. I think that empire is very, very well aware mm -hmm. of the laws of nature mm -hmm. and is trying its damned best to keep yeah. us in enough stress so that we don't experience it. Yeah, absolutely. I would also think think that manifestation is a law of nature, especially for humans that we have that brain capacity. But maybe just to make clear, clear what manifestation actually means, for me it means that you already you create your reality already through your thoughts. That mm -hmm. if you constantly think, you know, I can't do this, I can't do this, um, I'm afraid of this and that, this will become your reality because you're sending out that energy mm -hmm. constantly through your thoughts and thoughts are energy. And if you even even worse, if you combine these thoughts with negative emotions that you are afraid of something, you know, and you're right. like sad about you're not able to do something and you just like have these low energy emotions where you feel not worthy and sad and, and depressed and all that you are just multiplying <laughs> this message and you're constantly telling the universe exactly this. Yeah. Whereas if you start thinking that, you know, things are okay and uh, you are happy, it's really about the thoughts that uh, you send out. And I know for myself, it's not easy at the beginning because you're just, you're used to it. Um, yeah. That's how you learn it through your parents and um, like, yeah. The, the environment but once you realize how it works it's just so easy and I did myself maybe we should make an episode about this also how to mm -hmm. practically manifest in many ways the most important thing is that you being thankful for the thing already to be happened it's like you really feel you know you already have your dream job it's already there and you realize that 
it it doesn't feel any different right now like you can you have all the reasons mm -hmm. to be happy in this very moment without having the dream job without having the dream partner it's just already there because then you're not acting out of your lack of something whatever you you kind of you know like missing it's not coming to you Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to explain that, but there's there are a couple of good videos also about Eckhart Tolle. He likes to t uh, talk about this. I think we heard that like last time together. The way he okay. said it, he's a little <laughs> hard maybe to listen to, but he said it really well. That if you think you know you will be more happy if you move to Spain or if you have your dream job, this is not how it works. Um, it, you have to find a way to be happy in that very moment, and I think you. This is only through ac accessing the 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 reality where you ac access mm -hmm. the, the your consciousness, meaning you really become aware of that you're alive in this very moment, and that makes you so happy <laughs> that there you don't need anything else. You know, this is this is the essence. Everything else is on top of it, but being here alive, experiencing this very moment that your body is working, your heart is beating, this should you know bring you onto the roof <laughs> like because this is already so amazing mm -hmm. that no car no iphone would ever top that <laughs> yeah yeah so well and now that's that, that's 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 a very 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 good point because now um if we have the ability to manifest reality yeah then what happens when a group of people come together as a collective and form a large company yeah. that's only based on um, profit? Yeah. What happens when they start manifesting their reality? Well, it's just manifesting maybe faster and more intense. I don't know. As you said, if if you have a collective mind that, that is really focusing on, on, on these things and know the rules about it, how it works, then everything is possible, right? Yeah. So. Well, how, how do you feel? And how would you guys out there feel to know that... The, the 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 large companies and governments of this planet are now colluding together in order to manifest a new reality in order to say that we're going to scorch the sky yeah we're going to uh make it so that uh, we are going to sell the space uh, above your head yeah. so that the coca-cola constellation will be seen for everybody well exactly what they do you know i'm i'm looking for people who i can gather with and who i can create maybe um mm -hmm my reality which will be you know living in accordance to nature being able to raise my kids under a, a real starry night right and just just trying to connect to nature and and bring out that well, energy we try uh, we, yeah. we try and try and try but you know we live in a country now where the yeah, ability yeah. to actually just live in a cabin in the yeah. forest is no longer yeah. legal yeah, yeah, right yeah. it's just not gonna happen um and we live in a country where it's pretty much illegal to be homeless. Everybody has to mm -hmm. have a registered address. Mm -hmm. And if you get caught walking the streets without one, you get a penalty, you get a mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so this is this is now the, the what I'm saying is like, mm -hmm. we live in a world where there is definitely empirical ruling hand that knows the game, mm -hmm. knows the game way better and yeah, has yeah. had experience at it for thousands of years. Yeah. Who knows how many thousands of years this empire really has colluded and passed on the information. Yeah. We know damn well that the Romans, every time they took over a village, every time they took over a new tribe, they 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 then eradicated them if they couldn't incorporate them. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and this is something that I, I've talked about when we were on um, Freeman Fly's episode uh, with the Free Zone. Um, that the big problem that I see with building automation, my industry today, is that all systems are traditionally built 
as as single systems, mm. right? You know, and the problem that we have now today is that they're being networked together, and they're being networked together in a very dangerous way, in a, in a very disturbing manner, right? And this networking is becoming now more and more a centralized thing or a product to be sold to somebody with interest, mm-hmm. right? Who wants who wants to have all the network from all the way that we've tested all the the stool samples and all the in all of the aqueducts throughout the cities? Mm-hmm. There are people who are interested in this mm-hmm. because when they find out that in those stool samples that they're getting from this part of the city and or in that part of the city has different types of uh, let's say antibiotics, medication, mm-hmm. um, let's say. Hormones. Mm-hmm. You know what you Drugs. <laughs> you you've done this as a biologist. Yes. You had to. Uh, you didn't have to, but what you did in your research with the rabbits yeah. is is you you collected their their stool samples, mm-hmm. their their uh, little droppings, <laughs> and um, you you tested them. What can you as a biologist extrapolate from this? Because what I just expressed yeah. is something that has been going on for a long yeah, time. Yeah. And we know through this whole COVID CAC that this is something that they were doing is that they were testing the stool samples to try and trace the virus. Yeah. Well, there's a lot you can test from that. I mean, I'm not an expert in humans, but I'm mm-hmm. expert in rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> and with the rabbits, it, you can, first of all, you you can take DNA samples from it. You, or yep. you have cells from the lower intestines in it. It's not yep. so easy as if you would have a, you know, blood, ce- um, blood cells or uh, like skin. Yeah, but it's possible. Um, so to just have a DNA sample, then you can look for uh, the bacteria, the gut biome. Mm-hmm. You can look for hormones, what testosterone. Kind of, oh, okay. So testosterone. Yeah, I think it's. I'm not so sure in the feces, but uh, definitely in urine. Okay. Um, I think about feces as well. Well, at least with rabbits, they have a they, they have, have a gland yeah. around their anus, and it like it, it changes the way it swells um, up during the reproduction time and produces some kind of like a slimy mm-hmm. something coating around the coating yeah. and yeah age and all that. Like there are, there are chemicals in it that are really individual um, for each rabbit. Mm-hmm. So, what about stress hormones? Um, in in urine as, um, and feces, yeah, both of it. I haven't measured them, but yeah, it's possible. Okay. You, got, you guys were measuring long... the stress hormone through the blood when you did it. Um, we also had the blood samples. You can you can do it both way. You can either do it through blood samples or uh, in urine and feces. Mm-hmm. Well, the blood samples, it depends on how you got them. Because, well, we got them just right after they were killed through the, from the hunter, mm-hmm. which is not, you know, there is no, um, yeah, it's, it's it not doesn't a really, really tell good, you about the measurement. It's not a good baseline because I'm no, sure they're very stressed a, before death being murdered. Well, that's that's <laughs> the point. So this is not really something that will tell you a lot. But what it's better, it's in the urine and the feces because then you have like a more long-term value you can see you know how they how they've been maybe half an hour ago or an hour ago when when they produced their feces and urine right well a couple hours you know before so yeah so there are a lot of information you can Mm -hmm. get out of it yeah and this is one of these things now it's funny um i also learned that um presidents and and specific leaders on the planet yes they have uh cleanup teams oh yeah and nothing left behind (laughs) nothing it means that essentially the president shits in a bucket when he's uh (laughs) i'm not joking essentially when (laughs) he's i'm I'm not joking there 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 are a couple people like you know soldiers they're responsible for like carrying this presidential feces um i swear (laughs) to god when he goes to like iraq or or somewhere overseas um he takes his crap with him back 
yeah, one of the cats are meowing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and this just goes, and like I said, it's it sounds so stupid. But but again, this big question of um, we are now living in a world where all eyes are on us. Mm. Much like you growing up in 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 in, um, in communism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, you know what it's like to be in an environment because uh, you've seen it with your parents and you've seen it with yeah. your relatives. How they're always so concerned about yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. neighbor who's looking the over the fence, you know, at them. And yeah. I've seen your parents do it. I've seen them like peek over the fence at the neighbors whenever they're doing something in the yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they and then they My come grandma in. My was worse. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's and that's the, the dinner table topic is what you saw over the fence that day, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Um, and, and and now mm. that 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 fence is is big data, mm. right? These are all and, and these are all the large companies and governments, and and fucking who knows who mm. organizations all over the planet who are trying to get as much of this information mm-hmm. as possible. So they look True. over the fence, and then they talk about it at boardroom tables, and they yeah, and they yeah, yeah. and they delegate tasks downwards, and 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 try to give it purpose, yeah, in order to affect what affect change in order mm. to um manifest a new reality yeah. a, a reality that is more interesting for them and the way that they want to collude with yeah. one another even you know data that maybe are not so obvious gathered from people but just be observing their behavior like you know i was a data specialist <laughs> i had to become a data specialist when i was Working on the rabbits, we mapped the latrines um, in the different study sites in and around Frankfurt and Main. So over 3,000 different latrines. Just by mapping then, we already got information. Hi, Fiona. <laughs> we already got information the way they communicate. So I could see that the rabbits in the city were communicating less with their group members, but more with, like they were more marking more the territories, whereas the rabbits on the countryside, they had more latrines close to the borough system, which meant they were more communicating within the group. So that already told me so much about them yep. by just, you know, looking where they shit. Mm-hmm. And how. Was, yeah. how. How and where their shit was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, so... Um, so for me, a big thing that I started doing was, you know, when I was younger, after walking away from religion, obviously I, I started to be intrigued with this idea of empiricism because mm-hmm. that was really the big thing for me was finding out how Catholicism spread, Christianity spread through Europe. Oops, sorry. <laughs> I, just I like had some how beer. you put that in the word. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> and, and, and how violent the spread really, really was, right? And that, to me, showed me that there there was an empire behind it that mm-hmm. had uh, its own idea, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And if if that be the case, well, what are they trying to sell, yep. right? You know, yeah. we live in a world now where if you don't have a product you're selling, mm-hmm. then you have a service you're selling. Yep. And if you don't have either one of them, then what is your business? Or an idea, right? Uh, well, yeah. an idea can, is still a service to a degree, but you're not mm-hmm. wrong in the sense that uh, what I often say is, if you're not selling something and you're not offering a service, mm-hmm. then you're in the business of manifesting reality, of changing mm-hmm. people's opinions. Mm-hmm. So what you're trying to do is, like you said, the ideas and all that stuff, you're writing shit down, trying to get people to look at you. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Now, whether what you're writing down is a service for them to consume mm-hmm. or passively somebody's paying you to alter the way that they look at things around them in order to make it easier for them to consume yeah, yeah, other yeah. things it's all this stuff right mm. um mm. so now when i started walking away from all of that i started seeing how similar it was and this is where that idea came uh later on in life mm-hmm. uh, that that c- consumerism is the fifth branch of abrahamic mm-hmm. faith 
of Abrahamic religion. Mm-hmm. Because it's the it, it's 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 a it's been a part of the empire the whole time, and now it's it's starting to show its ugly face. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people aren't queuing into that. They're not queuing into the fact that when they go and buy something, is it is it their was it was it really what they their idea? Mm. Are the thoughts that you have your thoughts? Are they your idea? Are the dreams you yeah. have your dreams? dreams yeah. I don't know how the hell the Coca Cola constellation came into my mind <laughs> uh, as as a child when I was dreaming. But it did, right? Yeah, yeah. And and that and that's not something that you know that I, I think that that type of like I don't want to use the word psychosis, but that that type of an idea at a very young age came through trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It, I was already traumatized with all the colors and the mm-hmm. and the adverts that I would see every day. They, it, the the city mm-hmm. bus became more and yeah. more um, full of them because the city bus became a private company. It wasn't looked at as an essential service, not mm-hmm. necessarily at the time. Eventually, it kind of did, and they got more and mm-hmm. more subsidy. But the adverts never went away. Yeah. From what I've learned in my last workshop, which was actually about the dreaming, right? is that, yeah, you are either, you know, it's your own dream, it's something that you are kind of like, yeah, it was an important message from your, you know, your own soul <laughs> yeah. to... Um, yeah, just become aware of certain things, but that can also be kind of like a, a common dreaming as something that is really developing within society, yeah. like a certain energy, also some kind of, you know, foreign energies that can be in your dream and put these things into you, but also like something as a prophecy or a warning can also be part of it. So maybe, you know, it's like kind of a prophes- well, prophecy. <laughs> that's, that is what it was for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was something that I knew that in my mind was becoming um, more and more something that I needed to look at. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it was becoming something that I needed to look at because um, I was being traumatized. Yeah. I was traumatized by it. Right. Um, <laughs> and this trauma eventually will manifest itself in a very negative way if it's not looked at properly. And mm-hmm. so I started to realize that I I. I I, I don't want to pr- support this stuff. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is a big reason. You know, f- I, I mentioned this last time too for all of you guys out there. We're not on YouTube. We're not on Facebook. Mm. We're not on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to deal with them. No, me neither. There's too much bullshit. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just it's it's that you know whether this 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 it pod- doesn't feel good for me. Never did, and no. I don't know. It's something about it that feels not right. Right. Yeah. And, you know, had we already successful YouTube channels. Then I would incorporate it in the show mm-hmm. and I would tell everybody on YouTube, come on over and, mm-hmm. and come to a real platform where you don't have to be, uh, um, you know, constantly every little thing monitored and sold. And, you know, mm-hmm. on YouTube, when you're on YouTube, you are the product. Yeah. Most yeah, people yeah. have no idea Absolutely. that that's really how it works yeah, yeah, is yeah. that you are the product mm-hmm. in this society. You are a product. Mm-hmm. You know, I was actually funny thing is today I'm not interested in politics. Uh, I just find that politics to be uh, distracting. Mm. You know, I mean, there are a lot of good conversation and there's a lot of interesting stuff that can be done with politics. Absolutely. Mm. But in for me, it's more of a, a big picture in the grand scheme of things. Um, if our society isn't operating within the laws of nature, it will not work. And so therefore yeah, I just yeah. think that the it's it's not even a conversation worth having if it's not if we're not on that level yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and so this is a big reason why for me politics is just a joke. Politics mm. is 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 nothing more than an extension of of uh um, the evening news. 
You know, it's it's uh, it's it's just something to get your attention. Mm. Just like all of these adverts out there, the more yeah. attention that they can get from you, the better off uh, they believe they'll be. Yeah. Right. Uh, political debates nowadays are just shit shows. <laughs> I'll just see it as you know, like adults. They look at like adults, but at the end, they're just like all little children. little children playing in their in their little sand box and <laughs> just yelling at each other and you know hitting them with a hitting themselves with a shovel because <laughs> exactly. yeah because their fulfillments and their needs or their needs were never fulfilled as children that's why you know it's like just a constant um trying to to get the energy from other people and that's mm. also how i see it in my in workplace in different workplaces that i've been the behavior of many people is driven through these childhood traumas they never looked at you know like they feel um as a victim they feel like they they have to to play a role and right. they can't be themselves they even don't know who they who they really mm. are and yeah so it's interesting to as a behavior biologist yep. also observe humans <laughs> well so i did something today that uh, that's not normal for me i guess is i, I ended up watching mm. a couple highlights and parts of the trump rally mm. uh from last night it's just you know and i'd be like it, it, it popped up on rumble and i said you know what i've never seen one uh, mm. let me let me see what it's all about and i listened to it and all that stuff and actually it was a funny thing to me is that uh, aside you know outside of anything that was said and done the first thing that caught my eye was that he's standing in front of maritime flags. Mm -hmm. And 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 I told you that er, mm -hmm. earlier today. Yeah. Uh, and, and I find that to be really interesting because to me, maritime flags are, first off, they're, uh, uh, they're a symbol of maritime law. And to me, maritime law, that's corporate law. It has mm -hmm. nothing to do with people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. People who believe that, that maritime law and corporate law applies to them are people who um, are very quick to give away their... Their 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 sovereignty, right? And I think it's a, I think it's it's a part of the magic that a lot of these larger entities are trying to make you believe you're not sovereign. Mm. You need and you belong and you have a contract with mm -hmm, them, mm -hmm. right? I was born into this planet just like every other animal on this planet. There's no contract that could bound me. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 the way that I have to that that I started looking at reality. Mm. It it's it can be very stressful sometimes because mm -hmm. damn well when you're in front of a court system and they don't agree with you, mm. holy fuck! Mm. The amount of times I I had to go to court for drinking outside in public, um, in in Canada when I was younger, when I was a kid, a, kid, a teenager, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I just remember my favorite time was, um. My friend and I, we, 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 I used to always climb places because I knew that the police weren't as agile as I was. Mm -hmm. And so I would climb, <laughs> I would climb up in the tree and me and my friends, we would, we would drink up in a tree. And it's funny because today it's even better for any of you guys out there that just want to drink in public and you're in a place that can't, <laughs> that, 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 that's not cool with that. Just climb a tree. You know why? Nobody looks up anymore. Everybody mm. walks straight and looks at their phone or their feet or at the sidewalk in front of oh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so the other day, right around the corner from us, I was at the there's a, a a fire hall right around the corner, and they have this beautiful hill that that you can see the sunset on. Technically, it's private property, right? Hmm. And I don't want to go through the whole thing of introducing myself and asking them if I can sit on this hill. So I just kind of like broke in through the back and sat on the top of the hill and smoked a cigar and watched the sunset and hmm. had a good time. And I realized all this, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself. Will, will the firemen see this big puff of smoke coming <laughs> coming from up on the hill? No, they're all too busy looking at their feet. 
Yeah. And I was I was shocked. I just I thought of it as a game to see how many of them could go in and oh, out yeah. of the building before anybody notices that I'm even there. <laughs> Which is even, you know, even more funny than you were kind of smoking and there were firemen and Yeah, well, it was the game that I decided to include into it, right? Realizing it. <laughs> so, when I was younger, I um yeah, exactly, I'm a monkey. That's what uh, yeah, yeah. says. He's uh, a monkey. When I was when I was younger, uh, like I said, my teen in my teen years, um, we started breaking up onto buildings and and having a jolly old time on top of them. Mm. And so my friend and I were were, were having some drinks on top of uh, a church nearby, and it was a beautiful, nice night and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, we hear this like scattering happening. And I look over the edge, and there's a there are these uh, fat policemen trying to boost up the one Chinese police officer <laughs> to the top of the to the top of the the roof that we're sitting on, right? And I'm looking at them like, would it help you if we just came down? And he looks at us and he's like, yeah, that'd be pretty swell, actually. <laughs> right? And then finally, the one Chinese officer gets up and he looks at us and looks around and he's like, I'll be damned. You guys, you guys, uh, this is a pretty good idea. <laughs> right? And then, and so we got along properly and all that stuff. And they, they looked at me and they said, well... Listen, if you just pour the beers, the beer that you have already opened out, we can say we've done our job and we'll let you go. <laughs> and that was the end of it, right? We did mm. it, it just it was one of these things. So we just found another tree or another building to climb up and that was the end of it, right? Mm. And they they just kind of went away and they said, "We'll just tell we just they, they tell us they say if we get any more complaints of people drinking in this area, we'll just ignore cuz we know it's you." <laughs> right? So it's it's one of these right. things a little friendship was built and yeah, you yeah. know, when you see the police officers in your neighborhood afterwards, you can wave to them instead of always trying to hide from them and so on mm. and so forth. Forth. But um, a couple other times where I actually got tickets, I was uh, once driving, um, walking back from a, a concert, and I had a beard in my hand, and they gave me a proper ticket with us, you know, and in, in North in Canada or in I, I believe all throughout North America, when you get a ticket, mm -hmm. always, always fight it in court, okay? Because if the police officers doesn't show up, which now becomes the reason why maritime law is bullshit mm -hmm. for people, if the officer doesn't show up, the ticket gets dropped because mm -hmm. it has to be him against you. It's oh, a okay. private case. Okay. Right? And so therefore, I would always go to court and I would always uh, see because the police officers, you know, they get busy and they don't show up to all their court dates. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't show, he, di he did show up and um, I then ended up pleading. And my plea was... Um, I plead guilty, but I also wanted to n make note that um, I was drinking on a building. Um, uh, this is uh, this is uh, another church. I was drink drinking on a building where um, they serve alcohol on Sunday without a liquor license, hmm. and it was funny because the, the the actual penalty they gave me was drinking somewhere that doesn't have a liquor license. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, they serve alcohol mm. on Sundays. So anyway, just a little bit of a game, tongue in cheek and all okay. that stuff. My point about all of this is um, having fun with the reality and so on and so forth. You know, this, this all kind of derived from me looking at the the flag with the, the whole um, the Trump rally today. So it's a bit <laughs> of a, a weird, uh, you know, side story. But um, <clears throat> looking at how funny all of this stuff is. Yeah, yeah. And looking at where you can live your life and how you can live your life and starting to really realize how these things work as best as you can. Nobody's yeah, yeah. an expert. Nobody can be an expert in this in this environment that's constantly changing. As you've mentioned as a biologist, the best we can do as life, as organisms, is to adapt with this constant flux that's happening around us. Yeah. Right? And so I think that this idea of becoming too comfortable and just accepting things the way they are Mm. is is definitely it's a death sentence yeah yeah absolutely 
right? Yeah. All right. So I think we're going to wind down. I think yeah. that uh, the show is going to come to a short end because uh, <laughs> Maddie has to finish writing her book. She's going to she's going to yeah. go back to writing it's, tonight it's, it's and written. finish it. I just and hand to, it in tomorrow. Yeah, I just need to read through it. That um, what I wrote makes sense, but so far so good. <laughs> That's right. So how would you what what would you like to say as far as um, I would say that the the, the basic take home message of this episode is um, we as ecosystem engineers mm -hmm. and um, reality engineers, the fact yeah. that we can manifest yeah, yeah. is something that I think that um, a lot of these higher powers are interested in. They're interested in our powers of manifestation. Yeah, yeah it's a good way to um, see it. Yeah. How, how would you say that you're going to try and live your life in absence of this? And, and um, yeah. what would you say be the technical message for today? Well, I think that maybe first the take-home message is really to be aware of that there are, you know, these forces out there that try to manipulate your your perception and also they're aware of how much power we actually really have as humans with our thoughts and the way we can manifest things. And once you realize that, I think it's important to, you know, find a way a way where the where you can keep yourself up in a very high energy level where you are very creative and you can really create the reality that you want to and for me i i do it through really connecting with nature being out in nature being mm -hmm. in meditation just in silence doing the things that i like like drawing and writing and spending time with you and you know my <laughs> kitties and all that just doing the things that i really enjoy it makes me happy and feel feel alive that's yep. i think a big thing and also be just aware of of your life lifeness lively <laughs> life essence sure life why not? essence through meditation to just really feeling and tapping into your breathing and all that and there's so many mm -hmm. ways to do it out there also i i for me it's important to protect myself from energies that i can feel you know Yep. trying to suck my energy mm -hmm. and that is i'm not watching any tv i'm not listening to radio or news or anything like that so that helps a lot to just keep out of that whole world where they try to sell you something either it's information or products mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm very very concerned not concerned but very selective in, in what i'm consuming right through books and media so yep. yeah and that that's that's a big thing i think yep. where you can really I think I'll Take say that um, pain exists for a reason, mm. right? And that's a big part of your new book that's about stress, <laughs> right? Yeah. Is that pain is not necessarily there to show us that the world is bad and things are all shit, mm -hmm. but maybe as a constant little reminder that now's the time to change. Yeah. It's like really when you drive your car, you know, and you can see like their little lamp is like blinking. And you know it's time to fill up the gas, or it's time to change the oil, or mm -hmm. whatever. And it's the same with your with your body. When you feel like something is not right, it's like a little warning before things go really bad. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, and when when I talk about pain, to me, I'll say the transition and I that I've gone through in my life was extremely painful. Mm. Um, but I realized later on it only hurt more because i refused it at first i didn't yeah. i didn't it's true. want to go with it it's true and yeah. only later on when i started to realize that these little pokes that the universe was giving me 
they don't have to be so painful when you acknowledge yeah. them as, yeah, you know yeah, what, yeah. It's nice. maybe now it's time to live your job. Maybe now it's time to go left instead of right. Maybe now mm -hmm. it's time to get a new apartment, go to a new city, find a new circle of friends. Yeah, yeah. Instead of holding on to it until it becomes unmis like un yeah. unbelievably miserable. It's true. Right? Absolutely. Um, There's that saying, right? The more you resist... The, the stuff persists persists i never heard that that's good yeah yeah the yeah, more you resist the the more it persists yeah, yeah and it's absolutely like that and i experienced in so many ways in my life when something happened where i realized i don't want this i don't want this it mm -hmm. only went away only changed when i accepted a situation and i accepted when with acceptance you you can say yes to everything you mm -hmm. can say i don't like this you know you can say yes i don't like it <laughs> yeah. and i learned that through my all-in journey and there were so many situations i didn't like you know gaining all that weight but at <laughs> one point i had to accept it and to be in, in, in peace with it because right. it's just how it is. There's nothing you can do about it, right? It's just yeah. how it is. And once you accept it and you're still happy, and that's what I what I said in the beginning, full, coming back full circle, you know, always realizing that you're alive, that is already the biggest reason for you to be thankful and, and to, to get really in that high energy mode. And from there, you can you can challenge yeah. anything. Yeah. And I actually started to even notice that... Um, Things became painful as I became more numb. Yeah. And it means that the more I ignored the pain, yeah. the the more numb I became over time because the pain kept kept growing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I just kept ignoring it's, it. It's knocking on the door. And if you're not mm -hmm. hearing it, it's knocking more and more. That's right. <laughs> and, and then really, yeah, it's just really a sign from the universe and your body that, you know, wait a minute, something is wrong mm -hmm. here. And if you're not listening to it, you'll get really, really sick and yeah. eventually you'll die from it. And and now I, I partake in certain events. Like uh, yeah. yesterday I went swimming uh, yeah, and yeah. I go swimming every couple of days. Uh, I jump in the lake over here with a buddy of mine who's a South African dude who also enjoys cold water and it's an interesting uh thing because you know i did a lot of cold water therapy uh over the last couple i'd say decade uh, yeah. and a half you know going out in the winter rolling in the snow dumping ice water over your head yeah, yeah. exercising outside um half naked well wet that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah and it's yeah, one of good. these things that i started to realize that it is uncomfortable at first yeah but the comfort actually the discomfort only comes from the inability to relax yeah yeah because when i go last yesterday it was i mean 10 celsius and then the water would have been like five and going into the water it's cold yeah right um but within moments after having relaxed in the water yeah. my body warms up yeah and i could enjoy myself and i'm not cold i mean yeah, it's, yeah. it's not painful anymore it's actually quite quite pleasant yeah and it's the same thing with a lot Everything. of the exercising outside. Yeah. And it's a lot, it's the same thing on a mental level, you know, mm. um, changing my habits. It took a long time, you know, uh, when I started realizing the, I, that if, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> Thank you, Felminator. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's one of these things where the, the more I started realizing the, what I I, I wanted in mm -hmm. life and what I liked, the more I realized what I didn't want and what I didn't like yeah. and, and vice yeah, yeah. versa and so Absolutely. on and so forth. And um, I realized that a lot of these companies and governments and religions, and when I'd say religion, I'm talking about the Abrahamic religions. Mm -hmm. and I'm talking about the religions that are not in accordance to the laws mm -hmm. of nature. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that these practices, whatever they may be, um, 
you don't need to part. They, they only exist because of the participation mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. Whereas natural religions and philosophy will always exist. Yeah, it's true. Regardless it's true. as to whether we practice it or not. Yeah, yeah. And right. this is something that you guys can all kind of take to heart in that when uh, at least you know <laughs> from my 38 year old mind i mean i'm not i'm i'm not uh, i'm not quite uh, old enough i think to be giving life experience <laughs> but i can definitely say in my experience that um realizing that these things are entities that cannot survive without mm -hmm. our uh, sacrifice to them yeah uh, our energy so that's the first thing that that, mm. that, that that can be let go you know yeah. when you when, when when i when i go i know it's it's a little bit more work to prepare my food and bring with me right mm. but it sure as hell beats the alternative of having to buy some garbage food from some fast food joint True. because there's no other alternative because all the mom and pop shops have been shut down mm. because of the co corporate overrule yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of of all the large businesses True. berlin just recently underwent a, a, a large change and um, this is the last thing I want to talk about today. I think we're going to close after this. Yeah. Uh, Berlin introduced a minimum wage of twelve fifty an hour. Mm. I believe it is. I don't know. Maybe. And this just happened. And you have a lot of people who work, you know, at the McDonald's and at the Burger Kings and all that. They're happy. They're mm. happy as a pig of shit. You know, they love this. <laughs> They're rolling around in that. But the problem is, because I saw this happen all over. I saw this happen in Chicago. I saw it happen um, in, in, in Pennsylvania, in Ohio. Like I saw as minimum wage started to be rolled out in uh, different places, in Ontario, where I was uh, raised when I was younger. Um, as minimum wage became mandated by the government, the people who immediately suffered were the mom and pop shops mm -hmm. the 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 um the the family owned businesses mm -hmm. because they couldn't afford mm. to pay their employees the minimum wage they couldn't afford all these taxes they couldn't afford all of these new mandates the large companies couldn't exactly afford them either mm. but a couple things happened typically when minimum the first thing that happened after minimum wage and I don't want to really get into conspiracy too much but inflation eventually happened mm -hmm. and eventually it just minimum wage stayed at that mm -hmm. number for years inflation kicked in and all of a sudden minimum wage was no longer able to really be survived mm -hmm. off of mm -hmm. right so it sounds like a great thing today in Berlin to say 12.50 an hour is minimum wage um, which will get you pretty far living in Berlin um, for the average person specifically because mm -hmm. if you have two people um, making 12.50 an hour working full time you know that's a, that's a that's a nice little apartment in the outskirts of the city um and and that also means that over here uh, with that wage you're also all your, your health care is paid your uh, insurances and everything's also on uh, in there um and so what happens is a lot of these larger businesses the McDonald's and the Burger Kings and the Pizza Huts and the Gaps and the you know all, all these different places right they can take the hit for a season or two or three mm -hmm. or four all the little mom and pop shops, they will go out of business. Mm. And when they're gone, well, guess what? Yeah, now now they're them. the only players in town and they can do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, yeah. And this is something mm. I've seen over and over again. I've seen the destruction of the lower middle class and the middle class over and over and over again. When I first moved to Berlin um, 2010, 
It was like moving into the 80s. This place was so far <laughs> behind in a, in, in, in a fantastic way. Mm. Um, I loved it. I mean, the energy was 80s. Like everything about it was just wild. You know, the, the, mm -hmm. the, the subways didn't have adverts in them yet. Mm. Not yet. And the only adverts they had, they were like, um, you know, local adverts, like the local like school or the local uh, newspaper yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah. And then within five to six years, yeah, like, it, it, it's it's all garbage now it's, it's all mcdonald's <laughs> and, and burger king and yeah. coca-cola and all that stuff yeah but it had it was really it's very interesting place and i kind of grew up in that area you know mm -hmm. when i was a teenager i was 16 so 14 that must we, have been amazing back we then we went to berlin you know? i just love first that time city. i, it I, was I saw amazing. berlin was 2007 and i was blown away and people even then were telling me you should have seen it in 97 yeah yeah, yeah. it was it right. was something else and um yeah i was really lucky to experience that time you know just like really i feel the same way it's it's being that part of that whole story of Berlin but now yeah. I can see it and I I'm I don't feel I don't feel it anymore I don't want to be there anymore yeah and and this is one of these things you know uh not to be the frog being boiled to death yeah in, yeah uh, in, in French cuisine that's how they uh, <laughs> boil frogs to eat frogs because they eat frogs yeah they put them in the cold water and they boil the water slowly and because the water boils slowly, the frog doesn't jump out of the water and he boils to death mm. and we as humans I really are like that yeah I thought it's just a saying no it's really like oh. that absolutely Isn't that against like any any animal cruelty? They're like, French. They don't animals? care. Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, they're also, also you ever, having you ever that... tried telling an old French man how things work in reality? That's <laughs> not going to happen. They also happen. have that 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 pate liver, right? With oh the, yeah, oh, foie that's gras also that. awful. That's a different topic. Yeah. But uh, the 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 point I'm talking about the metaphor here. I'm saying yeah, that yeah. for us as humans, it's not very different. If mm. our environment changes slowly enough, we accept it as reality. Right. Mm. And and you see this. And this is why I think being a wanderer is important. I think it's important to go and wander and experience yeah. other cultures all over the planet. And this kind of like is now the next little last thing. I you know, I said we were gonna close a few closing statements ago. Yeah. But you know, um, as I start to see Empire growing the way that it's growing and with the possibility mm -hmm. of the Coca-Cola constellation actually becoming a reality more and more as every day goes by. And I say that as a metaphor as well. It's not actually something that I know is going to happen mm -hmm. um, unless my dreams are foresight. <laughs> <laughs> um, as, the, as the cultures all over the planet are now conglomerated into one large culture, the ability to actually travel the world and be a true wanderer mm. isn't as powerful as it used to if mm -hmm. you are gravitating towards the same things in every large city mm -hmm. because every large city i'm starting to see is now more and more mirroring the other large city before it and i saw that in berlin berlin had this amazing potential it had this potential mm. of being uh, a city that had that that could do things right yeah, yeah you know yeah. they had the they had because of the wall they had this whole right down the middle of the city this this prime real estate where mm -hmm. they could have built a proper city that worked they've seen you know the people who built berlin they know damn well how every other city you know the education that that the city planners in germany have to undertake in order to become city planners it's 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 not it's not by accident that berlin is now designed with the same flaws of every other major city that i've visited in my life and when I moved here in 2010, I saw and knew that Berlin had a real chance of being something special. And yep. eventually it was completely sold, sold and sold and sold to the highest bidder over and over and over again. So now city is just like, yep. 
like every other major city where you can't live, you can't afford to live in the downtown core. Um, all the buildings have been sold as as uh, places to invest your money. Um, we built an airport that took 20 years and doesn't work properly. You know, uh, <laughs> mm. just like in Brazil, uh, the amount of millions that changed hands and all of a sudden the, the wiring infrastructure wasn't done properly. Mm. So, so yeah, let's close things up yeah. and let's end on a little bit of a high note because I think that mm. the, the main thing that I kind of do want to express is that it is painful. It's very painful to know that these things can become reality. It's very painful to know that we live in a world where um, the actual attack on our personal sovereignty mm. is of interest yeah. to empire. Right to yeah. keep us in pain, procreating just just procreate enough so that empire can continue, and and enough pain mm -hmm. so that we continue to procreate just enough for that. Yeah, and it, it, this is this is one of those sad truths, but at the same time, you don't have to play that game. Yeah, yeah, and that's where that pain comes in is to realizing that you don't have to play it in the sense that, like I mentioned, you know, you go into the cold lake and you start to realize holy shit, the lake's not actually that cold because my body has the ability to warm myself. Mm. I forgot. My body forgot how to warm itself. That's the only yeah. reason why it was painful yeah, 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 to begin with. And this is now the main statement of our show. Yeah. Could it be that the more that we lose, that the more our environment becomes accommodating to us, we lose the ability to take care of ourselves? Yeah. That is the big, big take-home message of this entire show. Go and have cold bath. Go, no, I actually don't like cold baths. I, I like I like going outside in, yeah, yeah. in cold water. And a big reason for me is I, I think that it's important to ground to the earth yeah, when when um, when uh, you undergo these kind of changes. Um, I don't like doing it in a in a bathtub that's made of yeah. steel and plastic and all that stuff. But other people love it. I don't know. I it's, I I've, I tried it. I I think that actually going under the garden hose outside is much more entertaining for me in the winter <laughs> if possible without the, the hose freezing yeah. uh, or going into the lake and sometimes chopping a hole in the in yeah. the ice and then diving in that yeah. to me is anyway all so, right I hope you guys enjoyed this. If there are yeah. any more comments and questions, uh, now my computer's never. about to die. I didn't plug it in. Look at that. <laughs> so <laughs> punctual as ever. If you guys have any comments or questions um, or would like to call in, now is the time. We are, as I mentioned before, live on Rockfin Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Telegram, and in audio version on Podbean. In Twitch and DLive, we are known as smart home slow people because Twitch <laughs> doesn't like smart home stupid people. So I'm probably going to tell Twitch to fuck off eventually because <laughs> it's 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 like it, that kind of stupidity is already for me, uh, you know, like as a, as a consumer, kind of like what I was saying before, we don't have to take this shit. Fuck Twitch. If they think that stupid people is offensive... Fuck them. <laughs> they don't. They don't get this show, right? So uh, I'm gonna right. give them a little while. I, in in a couple months, uh, I'm gonna try it again, and I'm gonna I'm gonna write them and ask them because I saw there were other people with the word "stupid" in their handle. Oh, okay. yeah. I, I, that's why I found it. They didn't like the fact that "stupid" it and people, "people" were together. Oh. They thought that that might be condescending like and offensive. Stupid puppets or something. Well, <laughs> regardless. So uh, on on Twitch and D Live, you can still search "smart home puppets. stupid people" and you'll find us because it's it's in the title of the, all the episodes, but the actual channel itself is called smart homes slow people <laughs> oh my god i know i eh? the world we live in uh. like the stupidities are sometimes baffling it's it's uh it's actually quite impressive <laughs> so, so right. anyway good my name is eris Fomit. i'm madeline Sieger. and this was the coca-cola constellation <laughs> uh, maybe you look out tonight and you'll see 
Look out tonight. It and stars. It, it, you know, when I sit outside tonight and, or any other night and I look up at the sky, it does kind of, it's, it's a bit of a tear in my eye to see how many of those lights are moving satellites nowadays. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And I just changed. think to myself, how long will it be until they all move yeah, yeah, into yeah. a sentence like Coca-Cola? Yeah. And who knows? You know? All right. Uh, have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody out there, bye have bye. yourselves a wonderful night. Until next Wednesday. Bye-bye. <laughs>